Hi, my name is Randy May, and welcome to Decoding the Man podcast. Here at Decoding the Man, we have real conversations with real men and people in their lives. Whether we're talking about relationships, family life, masculinity, vulnerability, or mental health, we're having deeper conversations in a safe space. So buckle up, get comfortable, get a coffee, and listen in whether you're driving or sitting on the couch today. Get inspired, reflect, and have real conversations in your own life. At Decoding the Man, we're all about having a little bit of fun and getting a little bit deeper. The views expressed by the individuals in this podcast are solely the opinions and experiences of the guests of Decoding the Man. Welcome to Decoding the Man. Today we're continuing our mini-series of Decoding the Woman. And we have a special guest today. Her name is Michelle. And so I'd like you to get comfortable wherever you are uh, and listen in to our wonderful conversation with Michelle today. So Michelle, I'd like to welcome you and really thank you for being on Decoding the Woman today. Uh, We really are looking forward to talking to you and, and sharing space with you today. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. So Michelle, tell us a little bit about yourself before uh, we get started. So um, anything you'd like our audience to know about you? Um, well, I grew up in Aurora and I still live there and I'm married. Um, no kids, a dog. Okay. Um, I haven't really been working too much in the past. Um, due to being sick. Um, Prior to that, I worked at Enbridge Gas for 27 and a half years. Right. Okay. So you live in Aurora. You've got a dog. What's your dog's name? Skye. Skye. Yeah, she's a golden. Okay. How old is she? She is six now. Okay. So my husband's uh, sister uh, breeds goldens. Right. So it's one one of her dogs. Okay. And what's her personality like? Oh, she's sweet. She just wants love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, dogs give unconditional love. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how long have you been married for? Um, It'll be 27 years in August. Okay, that's a long time. Yeah, that's very exciting. long. <laughs> <laughs> longer than a jail sentence. <laughs> <laughs> a little longer for some. <laughs> yeah. How was how was how was it like to be married for twenty seven years? In this day and age, um, you're in a rare uh, group of people who have been married that long. Yeah, it's um. Well, I met my husband when I was like twenty two, going on twenty three. So I was young, and he's eight years older. Right. And um, it's more. I guess we kind of grew up together, really. Right. It's been so long, and um. I guess you just have, you have to put in your head, it's work. It's not just a walk in the park. Like you, right. a marriage is work and, um, and you're growing, you right. know, hopefully you, you grow together. So in some cases, you know, people grow apart or they're just right. together for the kids. So we never had kids. So that wasn't really an interference with us. Right. But, um, yeah, he's like my best friend and yeah, he's a good guy. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. He's, Pretty good. When you talk about work in a marriage, tell me a little bit more about that. What does that? What has that meant for you? Um. Well, like habits. He has silly habits. So, um, you know, when I was younger, it used to drive me crazy. Like stupid things. Like he'd leave 
belts on the floor or something. And then I buy a belt hanger and, and I tell him, use the hanger. And he still puts the belts on the floor. So right. I just like, you know what? The belt isn't going in the closet. It's going to be on the floor. Right. So, you know, I just kind of like, okay, it is what it is. And right. uh, like, don't let the, don't sweat the small stuff. You right. Know? right. And I think like communicating is really important. You know, right. we talk about everything. Um, and when we just, you know, purchases everything, money, finances, everything, you know, I right. think it's really important to be on the same page. Right. I know some other couples, they, they're not together. They don't make big decisions, you know, big financial decisions. And they just seem to not be getting, you know, they're not prepared for retirement or prepared financially. Right, right. So making those big decisions together um, and not sweating the small stuff. Yeah, exactly. Which is really huge because yeah. people fight about a lot of things that in the bigger picture, you know, the belt on the floor is the belt on the floor. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And yeah, just, you just don't know what life is going to throw at you. So just enjoy what you have. Absolutely. Uh, and in this stage of your life, uh, you mentioned earlier that um, you're working through and living through a uh, an illness right now. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that in your own words? Yeah, well, it's pancreatic cancer. And okay. um, I actually diagnosed myself. And um, I it was confirmed last March that I had it. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been quite the road. I mean, right. it's pretty uh, scary when you get diagnosed with cancer. And especially with this cancer, it's, um, it's, I'm inoperable because what's happened is the cancer has wrapped itself around the main veins and artery. And, okay. um, usually they can do a procedure, which is called the Whipple procedure, which okay. they can actually go in there, take out the, the tumor, take out, um, uh, oh, um, whatever, but, it, but I, right now it's, I, it's inoperable. So I'm yeah. not sure. I've just finished radiation. So it, I'm hoping it shrunk. So okay. we'll see what happens. Okay. And it's, it's been a year now. So this is March 1st today mm -hmm. and you said, um, you yeah, it diagnosed. was the end of March last year. So yeah, almost okay. a year. I can't believe a year has just gone by so quick. Yeah. What does this year have, what has it been like for you this year? It's it's really strange because even though it's horrible, it was almost like a blessing in disguise because um, my husband and I have just looked at life so different now. It's You just think, oh, we, we'll do it later or we'll do it next year or we'll take that vacation in a few years. And right. when you have something like this, you don't know how – well, nobody knows how long they have, but right. especially when you have a disease like this, it's – you think, I don't know if I'm going to have next year or right. four years from now. Right. But you don't, like, it's it's just an eye-opener. But then nobody knows, right? You could walk right. out on the street and get hit by a bus. Right. But it's just make sure you enjoy what you have on this planet. Right. And when you said, like, it's been a blessing, tell me a little bit more about how it's been a blessing for you. Well, just my husband and I, we just appreciate each other so much more yeah. now. Because, you know, you just, well, being married for so long, yeah. you, just, you just sort of take each other for granted. And with this, is an eye-opener. So right. we just value each other, like, so much more now. Everything. Like, you just, you just, 
look out the window and appreciate birds, <laughs> you know, like right. when you're caught up working and doing everything, you don't even acknowledge the small stuff. Yeah. It sounds like it's forced you to be more present. Yeah, it definitely has. Yeah, for sure. What are some little things that have changed for you? Like when you think that sometimes we're going through life looking through our lenses Right. So we're looking through a layer of glasses that look through life and we see things a certain way when we perceive ourselves to be physically well. And then I put these glasses on uh, that give me a different lens when I'm diagnosed with something and I can see the world in a little bit of a different way. Um, and you call it a blessing, which is which has really been lovely to hear. Uh, and now that you're looking through the world with a different lens, what are some little things that you've noticed or you've done differently that you can think of? Um, well, I, like I, I just think like before I would stress out over a lot of like I, I'm I'm kind of OC-ish, so I stress out on like the silly things. Where now it's like it's not important. It's just let it go, you know, unless it's really interrupting your life, then of course you deal with it. But, um, had I gone, you know, had I to go back in time, I think I would just have been a little bit more of a relaxed person, like not so yeah. stressed out. But, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it's just, um, you just, you really value your friends and where before you would just, oh, I'll call you later or yeah, I'll, I'll text her later or whatever. But right now it's like, do if you can do it, do it now, right? Don't right. wait. It's, Relationships mean more. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think sometimes, you know, when we want to meet up with friends, we're like, you know, we'll meet on now's, March 1st and we'll be like we'll meet on April 2nd at 2 30 mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> right and it's like a big schedule thing when yeah. the reality is if we really wanted to we can make it happen That's now. exactly yeah. yeah so when you're thinking about you know your journey over the last year I'm kind of curious about you said you self-diagnosed can you tell me a little bit about that yeah it was really strange I was getting a back pain right and um and I was like, I lost my job at Enbridge. They were downsizing. And so right. then I was doing, um, I got my real estate license. So I was doing back to back courses. Cause once you have your license, you have to do these articling right. courses. So I was doing back to back courses and I thought, well, maybe it's the chair in the office. Um, it's not right. really ergonomically correct. So I was sort of slouching. So I thought, well, maybe it could have, maybe that's contributing to this back pain. Right. And then, um, my husband says, well, you have a gym membership. You might want to go to the gym. (laughs) So I thought, yeah, okay, point taken. Um, So I started going to the gym and then nothing was really happening. And then I started Googling and I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's my gallbladder. Um, And then, and then I'm seeing maybe it's pancreatic cancer. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then, but I'm doing everything right. Like uh, we don't have cancer in the family. I'm not smoking not overweight and all right. this. And so I went to my family doctor and I said, I think this is what I have. And she thought I was nuts. She says, right. like, stop, first stop Googling. And, but she sent me to an ultrasound anyways. Right. And she said, focus on the pancreas because if you don't, um, the ultrasound will miss it unless they're specifically told to look at it. And, um, 
Yeah. So then two days later, I had to go for a CAT scan and that's, I opened up the information and it said head mass in my pancreas. Okay. And I'm sitting there with my mom and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like this is like, this is serious. This is bad. And anyway, so yeah. And then I, it was confirmed with all the testing and right. But it was pretty scary because, like, I didn't see the oncologist for a whole week after that. And it was pretty devastating because I'm grocery shopping and I'm looking at expiry dates and I'm thinking, are, is the lettuce going to live longer than me? <laughs> like, you just don't – everything's going through your mind, right. right? Like, you just – do I – and, yeah, like, before talking to the doctor, I'm like, do I have – a week? Do I have a month? Do I have a year? Like what's, right? you know, what's happening here? So that's a really big moment that you just shared in the sense that you're grocery shopping and you're wondering if the food you're buying is going to live longer than you mm-hmm. or it's going to be edible longer than you are going to be alive to enjoy it. Yeah. It's it, all these thoughts go through your head, right? What kind of support have you had to help you get through this from um well my husband is my biggest supporter and then I got well my family's just small just a sister and a mom and then tons of friends right so it's been nice because they reach out and like I know some people when they have this they sort of become reclusive where I think it's great when people are showing me that they care and they love and it's just, it just makes, you know, it just puts a smile on your face. Yeah. And when you're talking about, like, we kind of talked about the supports in your family and that you have from your family, but the other part of it is, like, um, you've been married for 27 years. How is this, what have you noticed that's different in your marriage now in the last year? Um, yeah, well, at the beginning, my husband, his name is Ian, he... Um, he didn't know what how to handle it. It was almost like the first. Well, when you're when you've never experienced chemo, you don't know what what the road is going to look like. So the doctor says, "Well, you could have this side effect or this and this nausea or whatever." Right. So, um, so my husband's like, "Okay, pop this pill, take this pill, take the." And then I'm like, my poor stomach is going like, "Oh, what is?" Like I'm taking something for nausea, something for diarrhea, and I, you, like, right. <laughs> my stomach was like, oh my god, doing backflips, and right. it was a really horrible experience, and it took a good few days to get back to eating, and right. he he was under a lot of pressure because he is a fixer, right, and he right. couldn't fix me, and he was freaking out, saying, well, you've lost ten pounds, and three days like if right. you don't eat you're gonna die and he was right. freaking out and he didn't know how to handle it and then I have a nurse that comes in so she basically said just you can't force somebody to eat because having chemo is when you're sick it's like having a hangover which is 50 times worse and somebody trying to shovel food down your throat like right. that's the last thing you want right and um, so it just he realized okay um, yeah, so let's just put take the pressure away and let's just go day by day. And it, it's been much better, of course. Like it's been now a year almost. So. Right. But I've been pretty lucky because I at the beginning I was sick, but I wasn't 
like they have pretty good nausea pills out these days. So it right. it was an, so I wasn't brutally ill. Like it was, um, you know, you kind of get used to what to expect and know what you can eat and what days you're going to be ill. And so you can sort of adjust. Right. What was it like to go through chemo for um, you? It's just, it's it's horrible. It's well, my chemo. I have to sit in the chair for five days, and that or five, what am I saying? For five hours. Right. And um, at the beginning, you feel okay, but as the time goes on, you start to feel kind of nauseous, and it's really boring. You're just sitting in this chair. You can read, or they have little TVs, or whatever. But right. and then I have to go. I had to come home with the chemo attached to me so I had it for another day and a half right so it was coming home and then the night like staying like the next night it was that's when I started to feel like I start feeling pretty ill and then she comes a day and a half later and takes takes it off and then I feel better it's a it's a mental thing too right because you've got this thing attached to you and it's basically poison going into your body but it is like you don't realize until you go through it, like how, what chemo is, and and you and it's what's I found amazing was like the amount of people that are in these chairs when I'm there. Like so right. many people are affected with cancer. It's it's just it's mind blowing, really. It's amazing. Like it's just holy cow. So many people have it. Right, and so many people from different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what was it like to see that while you're sitting in that chair? You just, it's just overwhelming. It's, you, some, like, it's different ages too. And when you see the ones that are much older, mm-hmm. it's almost like, why are you putting yourself through this? Like, but they want to keep fighting. Right. So it's, you know, it's, if you got to do what you have to do and, um, like every, every you, nobody really talks, so you don't know their story. So you don't know right. who's, what can, like who's got what cancer. So it's, right. and then you don't want to, I don't want to start asking, start up a conversation with somebody because somebody might not want to talk, right. you know, and, it, and maybe they're not feeling very good. But, um, but it is really strange because you're sitting there getting this pumped into you through the IV. And when the nurses come and, hook up the chemo they're all in their outfits right they can't and they, they their gloves and their outfit and they can't touch it because it's mm-hmm. poison but yet I'm sitting here for five hours getting poison into me it's it's just right. weird right it's just right. like I don't know it's just really strange that yeah and what is it like for your body and I mean we've talked mentioned about that like others it impacts you physically but what's the mind and body experience while that's happening um well you're you're just not a hundred percent right you're not you like you, you they say you get chemo brain which is like I couldn't even remember the operation <laughs> like silly things you you forget like it, your brain isn't functioning a hundred percent the way it used to mm-hmm. and the side effects like I I with the chemo I'm on it you didn't like I didn't lose my hair, but I, I, it thinned out quite a bit. Like it's right. not the way it used to be. And my fingers get numb and tingly and my feet right. and, um, just different 
your body is just not the same, right? It's not what it used to be. How do you reconcile with that? Well, you just, it could be worse. You could be dead, right? Like you just sort of like, okay, well, this is what, this is what I'm going through. This is, this is kind of, I have to just deal with it really. Right. Over the last year, what's like got you through it or how you mentioned like you see some people in there and no matter what age they are and they're there because they want to fight um, and they want to get through it. What's kind of brought you through and what's been your focal point to help you get through it? Well, just my husband, really, because, like, I just want to... Well, we were planning to grow old together, and I just want to fight as long as I can to, you know, to still have a life with him. Okay. What does that feel like? Um, well, with, for me, I, like I'm surviving it so far, but right. I just sort of feel sad for him because he's not de- like it's. I guess you're tougher when it's actually happening to your own body than it is somebody. Like my husband wants to fix me, right? Like I said earlier, and he it it just with him, he's he doesn't really know what to do. He's just kind of like you know, whatever time we have, let's just enjoy it. Right. Has he has he gotten supports for himself? Um. Well, I don't know. He doesn't really talk about his feelings much. Right. And he's he doesn't really have a lot of friends, and I don't really think like he's got a handful of friends, but I I don't think he really talks too much about me. People ask him all the time how I'm right. doing, and he'll answer, "Oh yeah, she she's fine," and blah blah blah. But he doesn't get into his feelings but he was never really like an open person anyways like with his feelings right can you see the difference in him even though he's not talking about it yeah he's just more protective now and then he lost quite a bit of weight at the beginning like he himself he lost about maybe 20 pounds just from worrying but um but I, I think he's 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 handling it better now Right. What's one thing, one piece of advice that you would give uh, to couples going through what you're going through? Well, I think just uh, you you just have to live day by day. And, and when you're going through the treatment, just um, like you, you just don't be panicking. Just let the, your body deal with whatever's happening and don't panic because that's kind of what we did at the beginning we were popping pills because we were ever you know that you're so overwhelmed like you might have nausea you might have this you might have that so then you're over preparing so it's just a matter of like just deal with your body see what happens and you know if you feel ill you take a pill or don't just take a pill because you don't you're scared you're gonna get nauseous right and when you think about, like, has there been any support or community or anything that's helped you get through this? Like, any resources that you would offer or you'd share with anybody else? Um, I haven't, I didn't really reach out to what um, the hospital was offering because they right. did have, you could go for counseling or, right. um, but I didn't do that because I don't, I never ever really went for counseling. So I right. never, 
felt I needed it. So um, I just can, I'm, I'm pretty open. So I talk quite a bit to my husband or my family or my friends. So I think that helps. Okay. So you have, it sounds like you have a really good support system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's important. And at this stage of your journey, where are you at today? Um, well, I don't know. I, that's a hard question. I guess I'm just plugging along and just, um, I'm wanting to take trips because there's, but then now I've booked a trip and then now with the coronavirus, I don't right. know what's happening there. Right. So I, there's a few places I want to still visit. So I want to do that and just... There's no, that's kind of it, really. Just do some more traveling whenever this virus thing comes to an end. Okay. And so traveling has been something that you really want to do, mm-hmm. uh, that you're getting to. Is there anything else that you that's in your mind that like you're trying to explore um, now that you have this new perspective and lens on life? Um. Yeah, I'm like I, I'm thinking that I might um, actually um, go like ask. I'm going to the Stronic Clinic, so I'm thinking I might see if they need any help, like with support for cancer victims, like people with cancer and struggling. Because right. I think I've handled it pretty good. So if I can help somebody, you know, um, be you know a support person for. You know, if they have any, they just want to vent or if they have questions or, you know, I think I might um, go that route maybe and just right. to volunteer and help other people if I can. What advice would you give to your younger self? Just your health is so important and it's so, it's not the, you know, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. It's just, it's so cliche, but you know what? It's so true because you can have all the money in the world and it doesn't matter. So, and if you could give advice to your husband, uh, when you were first starting your relationship, what would you say to him knowing what you know now? Just let's enjoy our time together and just value life. And don't, like I said earlier, don't put things off. Just if you want to do it, do it. You know, just if it's something you want to do in life, you just do it. You can't procrastinate. Okay. You can't, this isn't a dress rehearsal. You have to live it once, do it once. I've heard people say that before. This isn't a dress rehearsal. Um, and when you say that, like, it's like, it's true. And I think mm-hmm. we look at it as a cliche, but the reality is this isn't a dress rehearsal um, that we know of. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we know that this is, as far as we know in this moment, this yeah. is this is it. Uh, and how we show up today is how, you know, we have to show up how we want to show up. We have to live how we want to live, um, whether we know something is happening to our body or not. And that's just, that's the reality of, of being in this world today is that we have to make the most of what's happening right now. Love the people that we love. Mm-hmm. It sounds like what your message is, is that if you love somebody, if you want to talk to somebody, talk to them now. Yeah, exactly. One of my questions for you is what was the most challenging thing that's happened to you so far to date? 
as you've been on this journey? Um, I think that the most challenging was the unknown. Um, like I've never been sick ever. And, um, and then it was like, just, I had to do blood all the time, like every week. And then I was, um, getting needles and, um, it almost just felt like I'm not even looking after my own body now. It's like it's in the hands of the hospital. And, and then I had I had to get a pick line in my arm. And I was really petrified about that because I didn't know what that was going to be like. And I got through that. Then they said I had to get a port. And I never knew what that was. I Like there's so much about cancer. I had no clue. So they, right. I had to go into the hospital and get the port inserted, which is in my chest here. And, you know, not knowing, never being in the hospital ever and, right. and I'm scared and I'm thinking, what, what's that going to be like? And, and that was, um, pretty devastating, but it was, it, I got through it. It wasn't that painful, but it's just the unknown. And, um, and then, well, even before that I had to go in for a biopsy and, um, and then they had to go through my throat to go down to get to my pancreas and I'm scared I wasn't sure what was right. going to happen there and they put you to sleep but still you, right. I'm always thinking the worst well what if I wake up or right. <laughs> like what if um you know you know you're always I'm always thinking the worst which right. doesn't help right and um but I've been getting you know I got through it but I think that it's the unknown that is to me was what's really scary right Every time they tell you that you might have to explore a new treatment or, or or something else, there's no one ever saying this is what the other side is feeling, what it's going to feel like afterwards. Exactly, yeah. And so it's kind of like this limbo. You want to do it, but maybe it's like it's scary to actually put your feet into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for giving us a better idea of what that's like, because I think a lot of people have challenges with the unknown. You know, it's like, you know, it's there um, and you know, it's coming, but it's not real until you're actually in it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the changes that happens for a lot of people when they go through chemo is uh, your hair changes. And if you can give us a little bit of insight to what that's like when your hair changes for us. Yeah, well, the chemo that I'm on, um, the oncologist said I wouldn't lose my hair, but it, I would probably experience um, thinning. Right. So it was, I guess, the, the second, maybe my second session. I, I was in the shower and clumps were coming out, and it was very depressing because um, it was your hair, right? And and right. you're just your body is now changing, and it's it signifies now you are sick. Like right. your hair is not even staying in your head and it's just, and then I was, then I wasn't sure, like, um, am I going to lose all my hair? And that's, right. so then I thought, well, maybe I'll look into getting a wig and, right. um, but it just thinned out. And then my hairdresser recommended this shampoo, whether it works or not, it's for hair, thinning hair. Right. Um, so I've been using that and my hair has been growing slowly. It's coming back. But right. I didn't lose it all, so. Right. But it was very thin. Still right. thin, but. Right. Well, what was that like when you see your identity change? A part of your hair is sometimes we connect it with our identity, especially yeah. as women. It's, it's, 
at the beginning it's just sad like it's just you 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 kind of well i was you go it's almost like when you have like a when you have a disease like this, it's almost like a death because you have all your feelings, right? You're angry and then you feel like the victim. Why me? Why me? And then you realize, okay, well, I got to get over it because I'm not the only one on this planet that has it. Right. And then you, you just go through these emotions and um, you just, to me, I just felt horrible and, and unattractive and just, ugh, I just, and then I'm like, well, you, you can't just feel sorry for yourself people go through this every day so it's like okay this is the reality this is what's happening to my body this is the changes and let's just plug along and go forward right and so part of it is like you see yourself and it makes it real that mm -hmm. this whole journey is really happening to you yeah uh, it's almost like at some point it's like an outer body experience but when it your hair starts to change it kind of grounds you into the experience that you're having yeah exactly and so, I mean, it sounds like you've been really resilient as you've been going through this. Um, and some of my questions are hopefully geared towards the listener. Hopefully they get inspired. And I know it's not hopefully, I know they'll get inspired by you, but if there's some things that could help them, um, has there been any books that you've read along the way? Um, well, I've been reading The Power, um, um, and which helps because it just it if it's being it's staying positive like you have to have a positive mind because um you know if you wake up and you sort of feel ill and and you don't want to get out of bed well then you're going to be ill and you won't get out of bed but if you wake up and say you know what I'm going to get out of bed I'm going to get dressed I'm going to walk the dog or whatever you'd like to do then you do it because if you keep pushing yourself and, and you say it out loud then I find you do it Right. Things will happen. And if you stay positive, positive things can only happen. And right. if you're positive, then people want to be around you. Because if you're sick and miserable, then people won't even call you or they just, they'll just leave you alone. And I think when, for me anyways, um, going through this, people are so important, your friends and your family and um, because you're getting all this love and I think love and support, you need that, you need it. Right. To get through this. Yeah, it's a part of your healing journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, is there any part of the power that stuck out to you? Um, just the positivity. And just if you have in your mind you want to do something or you want your body to do something and you you think hard, long and hard, it will happen. Right. So giving your body that like, I always like to look at it as like your mind and your body are friends. Mm -hmm. uh, and if I speak to my body through my mind, then my body will follow. If I speak to it and say, let's get up and do this, let's be kind, I'm going to be kind to you today, I'm going to give you some space, then you kind of work together a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, my other question, and one of my last questions is, what do you believe in? And then when I ask that question, it's like, how, what have you believed in that's helped you get through the good days, the bad days, the challenging days? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, like I'm not, a, I'm not a believer of a God. Um, so I don't really practice religion. And that's okay. Um, well, I, I mean, when I was young, I was, uh, baptized and yeah. we were raised Presbyterian and then, um, 
when I met my husband, his dad's a scientist, and scientists are very, they're, well, they're not religious, right? There's, there's always a reason behind something. So right. my husband grew up atheist, right. pretty much. So um, we're, I, I'm more of, of a, an existentialist, where I believe that there could be a God or there could be several gods, um, but I really don't know what I believe in. I just right. believe in more... I guess more Buddhism, like karma, like treat people how you want to be treated and what right. goes around comes around and, right. um, and just being positive. It, it's just, yeah. um, I think that's okay. Like, and I think a belief could be like, when I ask the question, it could be like, I believe in being positive. It could be like, I believe in trying to find purpose in every day. It could, it doesn't have to be a religious thing. Mm-hmm. It could just be like, when I wake up, this is what I believe in. That gives me some sort of sense of purpose to wake up today. Yeah. Yeah. If you have one message for our listeners who are on a similar journey to you, what would you say to them? Just, uh, you know, just value each day, value life, and just, um, like we said, what we were saying earlier, just don't put off tomorrow what you can do today and just um you know show your love and just be there for your friends and family okay it's okay (laughs) i landed somewhere and um it's okay that it does because this is real life and this is what this is all about is sharing real life moments uh, with real people and being able to hold a space for it. It's okay. Uh, I thank you so much for being vulnerable and open uh, and sharing your journey with us. Uh, We are so grateful for it, and I know each person listening is grateful to hear your journey and how you've managed to get through it. Um, So I want to thank you, Michelle, today for being with us. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah. Uh, So thank you so much for listening to Decoding the Man. Just kidding. Decoding the Woman today. (laughs) Um, And you're always welcome to DM us on Instagram at Decoding the Man or send us an email at decodingtheman at gmail.com. And my name is Randy May, and thank you for listening with us today. Thank you for listening to Decoding the Man. If you have any questions, suggestions, or a topic that stood out to you or you're seeking support, please email us at decodingtheman at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at decodingtheman. We'd like to thank Carissa McLeod, our social media and audio producer, Brian Sudama, our executive producer, and our theme song, Darling, is brought to you by David Porges.